Shout out to uh, Whale Shark. Whale Shark. That's what I was gonna say. Shout out to Whale Shark. Whale Shark has been has just been like been been being been just saying like every like second tweet is like what's up with the NFT photographs and I yo and that's that's like you know we're now entering a time that I think that you're very familiar with Sean which is you know uh, like sort of a new uh, resurgence of uh, of digital photography. Um, or, or maybe like a new platform for digital photography. So you, yeah, which you, is needed. You saw, yeah, it's needed. It's needed because when's the, the last time that it really became in, you know, really came into its own was like around 2007 when you were starting uh, your blog, uh, The Impossible Cool, right? Yep. I mean, you saw that, you know? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was the, the early days of the tumblers and all that stuff. It was uh, people looking for, it went from everybody having their stuff up on, um, you know, just their own personal websites to looking for a better outlet where an audience was kind of built in. And yeah, that was, that was the Tumblr years. This is, I would say this is the third resurgence though. Cause the Instagram was really the last huge, huge push. Okay. The, that the naughty I word, but yeah. Um, <laughs> the naughty I word. <laughs> yeah, man. No, that, that, that is, uh, that, no, that's a good point. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, is research maybe I use the incorrect word of resurgence, but I mean, I think it's uh, it's just like digital photography seems like like uh, it's almost accessible to anybody because anybody can do it, and everybody has you know the tools to either frame something properly on their phone or you know some AI inspired app to make something look beautiful, you know. Yeah. So, so this th- this 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 is like this seems like like a like a a new. Uh, more sophisticated resting place, which uh, which allows to you know the value to be be uh, put back into the into photography. Yeah, you know it's like if everybody everybody's a photographer, right? Um, but now you know here's a new here's a new outlet, you know for for uh, for you to showcase your work. Yeah, it was it, it, you know it was an interesting time period back then because it was the emergence of. We went from, I, I was involved in the film world set, as you know, um, and we went from, you know, having to shoot things on the DV, the little DV cams, to then all of a sudden, within a year, uh, Canon came out with their 5Ds and you can make these little films and stuff on them. And then at the same time was the emergence of, you know, these digital platforms where you had an audience that you could kind of carry with you anywhere. Um it was it was interesting times. It was like kind of a the perfect storm of uh, stuff to come together for photographers to kind of elevate their work and stuff. And I feel like that's what's going on right now with the NFT stuff. Is that in two thousand seven we had five D and we had Tumblr come around, and then now the three D artists were kind of left out of that for a little while. You know, the the three D art didn't didn't really translate on Tumblr that well, and you know, it, those artists were looking for a place to live for a long time. Like I have a friend, Kesh, that's a big digital artist. And, you know, her her platforms weren't set in stone the way the photography platforms were. And the NFT is now, to me, like the third resurgence that are allowing artists, um, you know, to have a place to have their work and to have it get out. And now it commerce on top of it. Right. Um, 
And the fact that photography came along, you know, it translated from the Tumblr world. Sometimes it can get lost in the shuffle. And when a new medium emerges, um, you know, I was wondering if it was going to go from photographers now having to work in like 3D space. But photography is actually translating really nicely to the NFT world. So it's it's incredible for me to see, um, you know, the, the sometimes you can get lost in the shuffle uh, in the photography world. And now it's it's interesting how it's evolved, because with all the kind of decentralized stuff that's going on in crypto, to see photography be able to translate to that is, is super exciting. You know, the power is in. The power is in the photographer's hands these days more than ever. Yeah. Yeah, with the d- direct-to-consumer. I mean, I think if you're referencing 2007, you know, the, the 5Ds, the 70s, um, what was the the, uh, the woman who wrote uh, Girls? She shot her movie on a 7D. I yeah. remember that was a really big uh, yeah. a really big deal. Um, so that's accessibility. So you take accessibility and you watch it grow, you know, up till now. And um you know, and you have the the element of NFTs that is direct to consumer allows the the artist to speak directly to their to their buyer with no middleman uh, or middle person. Um, now you're uh, now you're really in. Uh, you know, you're, you're you're talking sort of the same thing, but in a new language, um, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's really uh, it's really cool. Yeah, the accessibility has uh, was 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 phenomenal and also terrible. You know, you could see so much content but you could also see these like these amazing you know things that people who hadn't been professional filmmakers before you know now starting to make um and putting them up on youtube and i I remember there's some series that i saw that were was really interesting content um things like that but uh but now you know you're you're you've graduated right and and uh we've all graduated and now we have this like universal marketplace now that we're where we can interact and the, uh, and, you know, compounded with people's, uh, desire to support artists directly. Um, that's a, that, I think that really is a big, uh, a big deal. So yeah, no, it's really, yeah, that's, that's been an interesting thing as well to watch is the desire to support artists. Um, you know, like said, you know, back in the day, like if your film wasn't, going to con or to one of the major festivals and stuff you know that was the goal back then right. where now like i see filmmakers online their goal is to have like a pop in youtube channel and that's completely acceptable yeah you know society has come along in a really good way um in my mind it's come along in a good way where it's more supportive of artists as opposed to like taking power away from them you know before film festivals were hard to get into man yeah. gallery shows were hard to get into yeah. and now you can harness that power on your own. And if you're a motivated artist, like it's never been easier to get your work out. Right. 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 Like self-publishing, you know, and, yeah. and the, the yeah. acceptance of self-publishing being, uh, being a really big, uh, a big deal. Cause like you said, I, yeah, that is absolutely, it was, you know, the, you know, the, we've, you know, being on the production crew staff and, or, or, or part of the, uh, the film and we've submitted to con and we didn't get in, you know, and it's like, that's the, that's always like, like, like that general feeling. And, you know, and the, when, you know, things that have gotten into festivals, you know, has, have been, you know, not just because we're awesome, you know, but because we know people, yeah. you know, and, and that yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah. So that, that is uh that is quite true. I really do like, uh, I, I'm really excited. Um, 
you know, that uh, 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 to see people sort of, uh, you know, stick their middle finger up at, at um, mm -hmm. like festivals like Khan. I mean, Khan is super fun. <laughs> I really Venice, enjoy it. Venice, yeah. What's that? Venice. <laughs> Venice. Venice. Yes. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, they will, they are already doing that. Because, yeah. like, I always think about uh, musicians, for instance, you know, like, if, like, people are like, you know, like, they're so uh, much more talented musicians right now in the world. Like, you guys, like, young people are so much more talented than 50 years ago. And I'm, and I'm always like, are you sure that that's the case? Because the difference is probably that now they can show what they're, I mean, imagine, like, I don't know, Led Zeppelin, how are you going to find a find like a guitar player now right. they found jimmy page which thank god they found him but like how many right like how many more jimmy pages are there on youtube that they didn't know about like you have to go places to actually find right. a guitar player for your band well now everyone is putting themselves on youtube so it really is like you see every time even that we do the podcast we always get to the same point it's like it's the power of distribution which is even not the blockchain but it's internet yeah it's, it's always live photography art uh, music everything so it's i i think that it's already happening it, it's been happening before the blockchain it was distribution and now it's like uh support it's a, a distribution supported by the technology which is distributed and decentralized yeah. so really makes sense yeah yeah i also think it's been interesting to watch um you know over the past as we enter year three of the pandemic too it's been interesting to watch that as an addition to this perfect storm for artists as well because the men i mean i from my side of the tracks the mentality of the world has changed whereas before we lived in a very eye centered world and as an artist that can be tough to navigate sometimes and now the consciousness of the world has changed and everyone's supporting each other and have these little micro communities that people can grow within. And to me, that, that that's one of the most exciting things is these communities that people are creating for their art, you know, especially in the NFT community with the discord channels and, you know, Twitter and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's, it, I, I, it's just it's just another addition to the to the pot to me that is like really interesting in these, in these times that we're in and it's really interesting to me that it all happened at the same time like crypto kind of you know i, I was involved in crypto back as far as 2011 and stuff I'm not going to say why but um you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know now to see it kind of come together right at the time when we had this world pandemic happen it's just it's 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 too good to be coincidence, I think, in my yeah. mind. Yeah. Because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't think that it's a coincidence. It's like it's not happen it didn't happen by chance. It's mm -hmm. you know, when you have like communities who are ready for something and something happens, how can that be by chance? It means right. that uh, innovators pioneers, artists that already uh, captured something from the future, of course. So that, that's the main direction. I mean, I was surprised myself when I entered the crypto art space. I was like, you know, like we need 10 years here. Like in 10 years, we will be where we want to be. And then the pandemic happened and I keep saying, oh, okay, we got a push, like a push of 10 years here. But was it by chance? 
I don't think so. Like the digital world was ready to be used. It was like, I'm here. Yeah. And, and then, right. Like the pandemic yeah. comes and, but yeah. why did the pandemic come? I mean, it's all very, very connected. I, I don't think, I don't think there is any, uh, like coincidence here. Yeah. I, I support yeah. that. I'll support that hundred percent. No, for sure. I mean, the, the thing about these communities that were existing pre pandemic is that they were interactive. Right. It was there was there were uh, people making things, people doing things. There were, uh, you know, uh, micro economies, you know, coming from these these NFT communities. Um, you know, that interactivity was something oh, we lost Sean. But anyway, we, we'll get him back. But uh, but, you know, that 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 interactivity was a was a really big deal um, because people, you know, couldn't just sit there and consume anymore anymore people couldn't just consume anymore you know people they, they were they had like hit a block right so it's the same thing as going back to just watching television and this is and i'm using this example and this is from a uh, a book called um uh cognitive surplus by a, a guy named clay shirky who's a really interesting and uh, uh individual and studies um you know the way that uh society communicates communicates with each other via the internet and all that other stuff. So cognitive surplus, he defines as the time that you have now that you didn't have before in, in a, in sort of a truncated way, the time that you have now, you don't have to prepare dinner. You can just call and dinner is brought to you, you know, so now you have all this extra time and what do you do with it? You know, so instead of just sitting in front of the TV, eating dinner that you just made, and watching consuming the television you now go to youtube and you make your own stuff so now you're 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 pushing it back and you're pushing it forward you're consuming it and you're contributing um and so i think that that uh that the all the pandemic did was was shine light you know you had people with really a lot of extra time on their hands it shined light on what was happening in the interactivity of the nft communities and and the uh and the ability you know for autonomy um you know uh um you know self-governance and all these other you know big big ideas that that uh that come under you know crypto that they were ready to come in and say okay great like let me contribute to this now too you know i'll i, I will Buy the, buy into the NFT, and now we'll become active, and we'll start to do these things. So Discord comes into play, you know, the interactions of of, uh, of Twitter comes into play, you know, and and uh, and it, it really just seems like uh, if you 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 look at the cognitive surplus as you know sort of the root of it, you know, you can see that this is right now is this a very clear example of how that's uh, how that's working and how. Because people people want to contribute, they want to they everybody has a voice, you know. If everybody's a photographer, you know, I want to see probably everybody's photograph, you know. Like it, you know, maybe some of them are going to be weird. Okay, some of them aren't going to be framed, you know, you know, you know, quote unquote properly or anything like that. But all of it's interesting, you know. It's all it's all kind of cool. So, yeah. and it's also up, you know, it's another element that is up to the. You know, we're sitting here, we're talking about the power to the artists, and this is now also the power to the viewer. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, but it's up to you now to weed through it as opposed to being told, like before, what is good and what you should think is, you know, pop and art and all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. I love that element of it. You know, people start to make the decisions. The only thing that, that, uh, people start to make their own decisions. The only thing that, that, uh, that is uh, sad to me is that, not every single person wants to make their own decision that there are so many people out there who find it comforting 
for to be told what to like uh, um, because that that's how they they feel they you know it's like they're programmed okay that's fine I mean I don't want to take that away from them you know if it, if, if it brings them some sort of happiness if I'm point if everybody's pointing at you know whatever you know this thing that you know whatever I do I personally don't care about but everybody's talking about it um, and it makes people happy then 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 uh, I'm good with that because I think ultimately I would just like people to be sat happy and satisfied um, they don't necessarily have to be on the deepest level, you know, seeing the, 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 you know, the deepest of everything. They could just, just be happy, you know, and, and satisfied. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, as, as long as we have the option, I think. Right. <laughs> so now we have yes. Options, options are important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> peer to peer and, you know, filtered so that we are fine. Excellent. If it's only yeah. filtered, it's, it, it's a problem. NFTs and photographs, like what is what's what happens you know next you know like as a clairvoyant um uh what's your <laughs> oh you're not a clairvoyant oh sorry um what's the speculation <laughs> what's the speculation or what's the uh and instead of actually the speculation or or what's the future of it it's like what's the uh what's the ideal um you know as 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 photo photography gets its uh is sitting under the spotlight yeah the utility I, the utility of it to me right now is what I'm kind of focused on, I don't want to put my flag in the sand and say it's the future of it, but the utility to me is very interesting, especially as gas fees come down and, you know, we start to kind of, these, these communities start to refine themselves. Um, the utility for photographers to be able to anchor their work and to have someone say, uh, let me rewind a little bit. When we first, in 2007, when we were getting involved in the Tumblr world and all that sort of stuff, I mean, you could put an image out into the internet and zero control over it. Anybody could use it. You know, there were publications picking them up without licensing them and all that sort of stuff. Whereas now, when we see the blockchain getting put into use, we have this wonderful tool now where you can anchor your work and you don't have to worry about it. It's there. It's there for eternity once it's on the blockchain with your information, with the licensing, with everything. And that's a huge amount of power for an artist. You know, um, it gets into, uh, I, I don't like projecting too much about stuff because I like watching how it evolves on its own, but the utility of it to me is incredibly important uh, as an artist to be able to, to have, a digital ledger saying this is yours for eternity until you decide to to take it off or change it. It makes, I mean, it made when I heard uh, the first time, I'm not, I am not a photography expert at all, um, but it makes so much sense for something like photography to be on chain for what you just said, Sean, it was like, oh yeah, why didn't we even think about this? Uh, earlier even before art it's like if from the um, like the market perspective which and here we talk about copyrights of course photographers should have been the first ones to be on mm. chain because of what we just had uh but even from a romantic perspective it's like you know it is the immortalization of a moment that's what photography is so why you don't want to put it on chain which is immortal forever and now you have the technology to support yes. that so it totally makes sense even more than art from this um like if you take this this point of view because not all arts just immortalizing a moment but photography is i mean I, I believe it's the definition of it so 
you know, just put it on a forever will be mm. there uh, ledger. Yeah. And uh, from a market perspective, you know, like you, you, you give um, copyrights and you give recognition to the artists, to the photographers who really, it was the first digital uh, form of art that we ever use without even knowing. So why we didn't apply a bit right. earlier than, than that? So, you know, like just give recognition to those who um, are the photographers and then never, they never had. Right. So it, it really makes yeah. sense from both perspectives. Right. That's a, that you bring that it segues to it, to an, to, uh, something else that Sean and I've been talking about and touching on is archiving older work. Uh, from you yeah. know, uh, on chain, um, from not artists who who uh, photographers who may not have even been able to transition uh, into digital photography. You know, this is something that that uh, you know that really you know starts to help and and immortalize and keep this uh, because you know I think Sean and I we you know we've been you know talking about uh, you know to, for full disclosure Sean and I had known each other about almost 15 years and we worked on a film together you know back uh, way way back when and and uh, we've been talking about NFTs though you know for better part of the last like year and a half um, and what we're what we're both always talking about is the is the uh, the immortal element of of archiving um, and I'm personally very interested in in uh, in the alternative uh, histories uh, uh, one might call the oral histories of the world um, I'm interested in in like things that haven't been documented that I've seen with my own eyes that I've grown up with um, you know seeing you know certain you know microcosms you know grow and flourish and uh, you know within music or art or so on and so forth um, you know, I uh, I think that um, that's one of the most exciting things to me. So when you said that, Eleanor, you're talking about the romantic element of it. I mean, that's that that to me, um, you know, the opportunity to start to archive these things and immortalize them and keep them forever. You know, so that you know future space aliens, you know, can come down and go through our uh, blockchains and and uh, and and be like, oh wow, well that's crazy. You know, and hopefully they'll. They'll be able to recognize a tree or a bush or some sort of foliage, you know, that it'll still will still have all that stuff, you know, in, in uh, you know, thousands of years. But that uh, that to me is it's it's uh, we have the opportunity not to just scrawl some stuff on, on a cave wall with a stick, you know, so that somebody can find it later and, and sort of theorize about what somebody was trying to express more so we can put everything every single thing that's happening, you know, like, you know, your daily routine, you know, I woke up and, and brushed my teeth, you know, um, you know, that could be novel to in, in a thousand years where you have, you know, drone, no drone, uh, toothbrushes that you, before you even, you just, you just open your mouth and the drone comes by and flies back and forth across your mouth. You know what I mean? Could be like that, you know? Well, yes, but yes, but, Look, with photography, it's even more special than what mm. you said. It's like it's a meta, meta immortalization because a piece of art, of course, art makes everything immortal. But a photograph is the immortal, like the, the whole point is to make immortal uh, uh, a certain moment. So it's a double immortalization. It's very mm. special. It's mm. not the mm. same as mm. anything else. Mm. That's excellent yeah. point. Yeah. When I was, uh, when Impossible Cool was kind of in its heyday, uh, I was invited to go to this place called Iron Mountain out in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. What, Pennsylvania? Uh, yeah, Pennsylvania. 
And it's literally a mountain that they carved five miles into. And at the bottom, there's a temperature controlled storage space. And it's where one of the big archive, one of the biggest photography archives, I don't know if I can name names, but I won't. Um, it's where one of the largest oh. archives of photography oh, and now he, lives. He's frozen now. He was going to sit me. I think, he, <laughs> we I are, think they knew. We are controlled. Knew, knew he was going <laughs> to name the names and now, uh, you know, they yeah. frozen. We are definitely <laughs> under control. That was excellent. My God, these things are scary. <laughs> uh, it's like, okay. I'm back. So you were in Iron Mountain, yeah. And, you know, you walk into this place and it's a, it's a vault. It is a gigantic vault five miles beneath the, the, the surface of the earth. And to me, it's, 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 you know, it's a necessity because I was, I was holding, you know, Lumiere slides and Andy Warhol negatives and all that sort of stuff. So it's a necessity to keep these physical objects in a place like this. But at the same time, I was looking at it as, what an undertaking it was, you know, to have this space that is there for eternity for these physical elements is a huge undertaking. And now to see the blockchain come in years after and offer another, another way of doing this is, is, is super interesting. You know, this is the digital iron mountain is what we're looking at with this, with this NFT in the blockchain space. Um, there, there was also in that mountain, Steven Spielberg had, when he was filming Schindler's List, he was, um, you know, he has hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of interview footage of Holocaust survivors and, and people that were involved in it. And that is housed in the Iron Mountain forever. He, he chose that space to put this, collect, he put this collection so that no matter what happened on Earth, there is no disputing, you know, that these interviews existed and stuff. And, you know adding the blockchain to that to that soup i guess to that archival soup is you know is in an, in an aspect like that's an even extra layer of security for something as important as that mm, yeah that's a yeah. that's a that's a good point i mean that's a or not a good point but it, it, it's an interest that's an interesting uh interesting thing i mean d does iron mountain is Iron Mountain going to put their stuff on blockchain? And 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 can those uh, can those um, those? I mean, you could scan a negative. So could that negative, then you know, could you allow it to just disintegrate? Because uh, uh, th at some point it's going to disintegrate, right? It's not going to, you know, it can't live in Iron Mountain forever. Like, yeah. You know, in five hundred years, you you're just prolonging its uh, its uh, it, it disintegrating, correct? Yeah, that's what that one of the things. That, the first thing you notice when you walk into these, I, I went to a couple of them actually. Um, I went to Camera Archivio, which is in Venice, Italy, uh, that houses a lot of the archives from the Venice Film Festival. I went to um, the Getty Archives out in Los Angeles, and I ended up at Iron Mountain in Pennsylvania. And the first thing. Getty's operation is a bit more uh, current and up to date, but the, the first thing you notice when you go into Iron Mountain and especially Camera Archivio, and I'm, I apologize for my butchering of those words, um, is this the pungent? Oh, it's a very good pronunciation. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that, Eleanor. Um, you know, the first thing you, you notice is the pungent smell of disintegrating film. It has this very unique um, kind of vinegary, uh, plasticky smell to it. Oh. And, you know, 
both people that ran these places said to me at some at some point these will cease to exist um you know film it takes i don't remember the exact amount of time it is it could be you know 100 years or something like that but at some point they will completely disintegrate it's just the natural it's the prolonging chemical reaction that happens when you put an image onto a negative you know it never it the stop bath keeps it from developing but it kind of always continues to develop in tiny tiny bits on its own to a point of where one day it will be a completely blank piece and then that piece of film will also disintegrate and cease to exist so you're totally right in that thinking seth that there you know there's a need for stuff like this um to prolong and keep these elements around forever because you know like I was looking, I didn't get to hold these, but I was looking at slides like from the Kennedy, you know, from Kennedy assassination and all that stuff. So we're talking like major historical moments that at some point could just not be around for us anymore. That's, that's important. I mean, that's so interesting. Those larger, um, you know, uh, historical elements, you know, having those uh, captured is, uh, you know, like being able to, to change history you know, by, by destroying a photograph mm-hmm. and then changing the narrative. I mean, I, we've, we've seen that, you know, occur now, you know, uh, very overtly, you know, it's obviously been occurring, you know, throughout the, to the beginning of civilization, you know, um, but this, uh, there's an accountability, um, you know, that you can't change with the blockchain, like you can't change this, you know, this element, this thing's not going to disintegrate, you know, it's not going to go away and that you can, you know, like, almost mint um experiences um you know uh daily experiences as well you know that you could say i walked down the street and and something happened you know um and and you mint that and you put that on chain you know and it stays around forever and that preserves the oral history of the world and and uh and it, it 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 um pushes to to the forefront you know uh, recognition you know the to the recognition that people you know deserve you know who and they they get overlooked you know throughout history let's you know how did rock and roll come about you know you know so on and so forth um uh you know it's just uh it's just sort of remarkable in that that archival uh, element of it but that's yeah that's very i am like a little shocked too i didn't know that like um you know, it's 100% sure that the film is going to disappear yeah. at a certain point. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't feed my mind because, I, I, I don't know, for instance, like I'm from Italy, so from Rome, you grow up with the idea and the, you know, the kind of like certi- certainty that things from the past, if they are somehow like they're there. I mean, we talk about 2000 years ago. So, like, the idea that films are going to be disappear 100%, and we already know, is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Of course, the scare, like, um, goes on even with the blockchain. I mean, of course, we are here to talk about the immortalizing power of blockchain. It's still very much connected to the internet. If, we, <laughs> if one day we <laughs> don't have power, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's very easy for everything to disappear, which is, it's, it's scary. Yeah. Um, but of course we can, I mean, we can, I, I guess I wanted to say that as a first step, we're doing well, so we can preserve uh, and like um, 
perpetuate the memory uh, until a certain extent. But you guys also let me think that this is really not going to happen for pretty much anything because even the even the blockchain is a technology. And again, if we don't have power, we don't have anything anymore. While a fossil or you know like dinosaur bones or Roman, I don't know the Colosseum or whatever mm -hmm. are are really like uh, still there. Of course, they can get destroyed. But it's very, uh, anyways. It's it's very, I don't know, uh, very uh, fascinating, scary. But we we do the best that we can with the use of technology, as long as we also do not. Uh, fall into the trap of like let it become a religion because it's eventually it's not gonna solve everything let the, right yeah <laughs> it's not gonna happen i think it's another tool in our chest you know it's another tool in the chest to prolong yeah. and save these elements that are really yeah. important to human nature and to you know there's a human existence i guess i should say yeah, yeah. key moments that speak dust. on our history mint gold dust